When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. You're listening to the Room 104 Podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. FM 104. Famous people you've had pints with or drinks with, just in general. Uh, 0876797104 A few messages have come in there in the last few moments which we must get to Oh I love this one so much so not only has Tando got to hang out with Snoop Dogg Nice He also got to hang out with Vanilla Ice No you yeah, didn't Yeah got the picture BS. to prove it Show How me cool that. Is that Show me that Vanilla Ice <laughs> Deadly No way I Great story it. about Vanilla Ice getting there uh, Held outside, you ever held outside a hotel here balcony by his ankles. There was all that beef back in the day with oh. the there was a Def Jam Records or one of the other ones. Oh yeah, vaguely. Yeah. Shug Knight, who I think was in prison or is in prison, oh. held outside a balcony by the ankles. Dear God, living bit, on the edge, ice. Bit, bit of crack, uh, bit of crack, I suppose. In the day, so uh, yeah. Can anyone top? Um, if you're listening, you can top Snoop Dogg and Vanilla Ice. Like, has anyone gone out for a drink with Daniel O'Donnell? Wants to go for drink. Oh, I would love to go on a session oh, with Daniel no. O'Donnell. It'd be Jesus. unbelievable. The ads are bad enough. Think of the L ones you'd be batting away. Actually, that's true. He must get hounded oh, daily. Get loads of fan mail, wouldn't he? Uh, I had drinks with Kiefer Sutherland. That's in from Laura. Now, was was that here, Laura? Yeah, was that here? Um, and the other thing I heard about, you know, Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah. He vowed to never ever 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 almost quit acting after working on 24 with Kiefer Sutherland because he hated it so much and he will never work with Kiefer Sutherland ever again oh dear I was watching one of those you know videos on actors who won't work with each other anymore because of feuds they've had on set and so many things didn't realise that a lot of scenes were filmed either with a green screen or using stand-in actors when the actors wouldn't be on the same set as each other. Oh, no. And to film them individually. You know that, um, did you ever watch that uh, TV series The Good Wife? Yeah. You know the main woman in that? Yeah. She hated the other female private investigator who's originally British, I think. I don't know if you're not talking about, she's kind of from, she's from India, she's Indian, I think. Right. Anyway, they hated each other so much that they wouldn't be on the same set and they wouldn't film together when they had scenes. So one, the writers had to write them out of scenes so they weren't ever in scenes and then when they had to have it, they filmed them separately using a green screen or a stand-in. So like the camera angle would be on you and just chaos. Oh, anyway. I'd hate that if you were on set. Like, oh. So anyway, Kiefer Sutherland, that's a great show. He's pretty famous. Is Kiefer Sutherland more famous than Vanilla Ice and no. Snoop Dogg? No. Come on, he's done 24. He was in... A lot of old classic movies back in the day, wasn't he? Like, um, he wasn't in Stand By Me, was he? But he was in, was he in Stand By Me? 
Okay, you have eyesight's baby, and you've got <laughs> that's it. That's all he's like done. Okay, okay, Snoop Dogg, but he, is he Kiefer is probably bigger than. I think a lot of people know vanillaized just but because. a lot of people know 24 and yeah they, they do that last um, designated survivor where the first couple of episodes were brilliant and then it was the most horrifically bad pile of crap I've ever watched in my entire life recent one on Netflix anyway is Kiefer Kiefer's bigger than vanilla he okay, is fair enough yeah we'll, gi- is. we'll give him that one we'll give him that one uh, Bruce Springsteen on the tear in Ireland many a time that's in from Jimmy <laughs> really really so that's good crack. Really? Many a time. Not just once. So we obviously, maybe your mates. Has he has, I feel as if Bruce is the type of person who's, who's quit the, the booze of late. Maybe of late. Maybe of late, yeah. Um, I would have loved to have gone for drinks with Oasis. When they were oh, talking. stop. That would have been good. Carnage. Time. You would probably have stories for the rest of your life. Yeah, I'd say so. Has someone been out with Oasis? No, but I just okay. was thinking that... Uh, I had a pint with Ronnie Whelan in Daily Mount Bar. His bro was playing for Bose. Class. That's cool. It was, is that their little bar kind of downstairs underneath? I was in there once. Savage little spot. Yeah. Don't know it. Uh, in my taxi, Ronnie Whelan. Same night, I had Glenda Gilson. She's not famous, though. She is famous. Oh, she is an icon. You leave Glenda alone. I won't have a bad word said about her. Joan Burton. <laughs> And Gavin James. Now, Gavin James, he told me he was going to the airport. He was going to London as he was a musician. I questioned him about what type of music. Eventually, he said he was Gavin James. Not in a I'm great, just to shut me up type of way. He was just sound. Actually, it's after reminding me. One of the, now that you said Joan Burton, one of the strangest places I ever wound up at, made of mine, his outlet did, was a, a guard and a retired guard. And he was doing like kind of private security. Was he a surprise he did security for the Department of Antishuk. Oh, right. So he drove around the, yeah. t- the Tishig all the time. So anyway, he was retiring years ago and Brian Cowan, Bertie Hearn and someone else was at his retirement due. And it was after... Do you remember when Brian Cowan went on the radio hungover to yeah. bits? Yeah. <laughs> In absolute... Classic Brian. Bits. Classic Irish teasing. Hammered went on the radio the next day. It was only like a month or so after that. So he got up and made a speech. And I'm telling you, if Brian Cowan was a stand-up comedian, he would be hilarious. Oh, really? Hilarious. Really, really funny. He got up and just started ripping it into himself because he was like, can't stay here for too long, lads. You all know what happened last week, <gasps> and blah, blah, blah. And it was like... <laughs> oh. Gas crap. At least he took the piss out of himself. Yeah, he took the piss That's out of himself. Nice. So yeah, so technically we've, we've drank with the T-shirts. Okay. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland, by the way, he was in Dublin filming a documentary with a band at the time. Random. Oh, hang on. He does music. Does Kiefer Sutherland has a band, doesn't he? I think Kiefer Sutherland has a band. Maybe he does. He's Maybe one he of those people who gets too much money. Hang on. Kiefer Sutherland. Kieran also messaged in saying Kiefer Sutherland played Big Boss in Metal Gear Solid 5. So he is bigger. Fair enough. Whoa, 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 whoa. Kiefer Sutherland's in Metal Gear Solid and there's a Metal Gear Solid 5. I thought there was two. Don't know. Kiefer Sutherland music. Does he have music? Is he in a band? A lot of those um, actors delve into music or yeah. vice versa. Yeah. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Is this Kiefer Sutherland from the album Reckless and Me out now? Uh, Jamie Foxx is one of those people who can do everything and anything. Um, is this actual so Kiefer? He's got, he's got his music. Does he have a band? He's been torn. Where's your face, Kiefer? I can't see. Something new, something new. <laughs> this is Kiefer Sutherland. How lad. random. I 
for a weekend. Yeah, he's that country head on him, isn't he? He does, yeah. I wonder where he's from. I'm not sure. Uh, all right, is there anyone else there? Uh, we have to obviously jump back to Samantha Mumba. Yeah, 100%. What a uh, legend. Yeah, what a legend. Em has said, it's got to tell you. Samantha Mumba. Is that the one? Got to tell you. That's her main one. Yeah. Is it? Apparently so. It is, isn't it? All right. I can't think of what that goes like, but yeah. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm only saying that Sam- so he plays it. Oh, you scumbag. <laughs> you know you want to play it. I do want to look, Nobby's off it's fine yeah Nobby's off for the rest of the week and do what you want there look she's wearing her boob tube I loved that pink boob tube oh lad this is so good also where was this filmed and why was it so fancy filmed in Miami was it yeah it I definitely wasn't filmed here but that's on uh, it was filmed in the heat wave the last time down Donna Bate that's where it was filmed <laughs> beautiful spot Ah, uh, Samantha. Oh, she was such a legend. People still commenting on her videos. Yeah. Um, but thanks that me. doesn't get old. That could be re-released today now and that'd be a banger. If Frank Jez or Al Gibbs could remix this and put it into like a deep house or club anthem. I think this is more hip-hoppy. I think this is more Frank's. We let Frank do this one. Yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. We okay. give Al too much jobs to do. We'll give Frank <laughs> some, some of them. He's too busy. You're listening to the Room 104 Podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. FM 104. Barry Friend, Billy Eilish, Cormac and Sir here on Room 104. And we want you to go f*** yourself. We, we do mean this. In the nicest way possible. We're not that rude. Well, we are rude, but we're nice rude. We would love to give you this evening a beautiful vibrator from Playblue.ie, our sponsors, okay? Uh, they're Ireland's leading adult sex toy shop. You can visit all their great deals and see everything they have on Playblue.ie. And we were like, let's give some dildos away on the show. Happy days. So, to win one this evening, all you need to do is tell us the story about when you hooked up with someone that maybe you shouldn't have, because it turned out, unbeknownst to you at the time, that they had a girlfriend? Yeah. That maybe they were married? Mm. Maybe they were unavailable and you probably shouldn't have... You didn't realise. And this happened to a friend of mine a few years back. Oh, did it? This is a true story. I had a friend. She will not be named for obvious reasons. But she was a nurse. Okay. He was a teacher. Lovely guy. Really Perfect. Nice. Perfect match made in heaven. There you go. Job done. Ding, all ding. they all they needed was ha- having met in coppers, which they didn't meet in coppers, but oh, they, okay. they would have been perfect. So anyway, they were going out for five years. So we knew him inside out, upside down. Mm-hmm. Grant, they decided to buy a house. Bought a house, put up the picture of them holding the key, the whole lot. Everything's fine, right? Now, because she was a nurse and she did a lot of overnight shifts and things like that, a lot of times he, you know, especially the weekends when she was working, he yeah. would maybe go to his friends and maybe stay the night. Oh, yeah. You know, friends, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She didn't think anything of it. So then what happened one day was she was in her cousin's house. Her cousin was having a chat with her and she, she was telling her about this guy <laughs> that her friend was seeing and he's really nice and all the rest of it. And while they were having the chat... Her friend sent the cousin a picture oh, of the guy. Oh, no! She opens her phone. 
And it's... It's him. It's him. It's him. Oh, my God. Full-blown relationship with somebody else. Five years. Five years, and they just bought a house. Oh, oh good God. Yeah. You, you see, you can't do that in this city. In this, It's too small. You can't have two girlfriends in Dublin and try to keep them separate. It's not... In London, maybe. And there's like, what, what, 50 million people or 20 million people in London, is there? Stupid amount of people mm. in London. You might. There's so many completely different areas of London. You might get away with it there. New York. So many different parts of New York. You might get away with it there. This place is too tiny. How bad would you feel, though? How bad Opening would you feel? your phone. You go from really excited to, oh, we're talking about a little, uh, yeah. little drama, a little gossip here. Oh, happy days. And then it's, it's your fella. It's your fella. But also the girl doesn't know. Oh, so it's not yeah. like she was trying to yeah. sneak around. Yeah. He, for all she knew, the guy was single. You know, obviously you would think that. Oh, no. So the cousin gets the picture and is like, I need to talk to you. Oh, dear. You know, so that wasn't one that you just shove under the, the carpet and hope it will go away. No, you, you kind of have, have to, to address that one. Yeah. Did so, um, like they stay together and work it no, out? No, they did not stay did together. all three of them together and have like a but polyamorous you know, relationship? Like, you know how difficult it is saving for a house now. Oh, stop. It was even difficult. I think this was probably about six years ago. Back then as well. Yeah. Saving, saving, saving. And then they just bought it. But listen, if the three of them bought the house together, you know what I mean? It would be easier for everyone. But then, then trying to buy him out of it and I think they uh, the parents had to remortgage their house and then give money to, yeah, just to try and get that done because the house is going to be a nuisance oh and a hassle. God. And then of course, she thankfully now she is married and has a beautiful child and they're all happy out. That's grand. And, and it turns out that the husband is... No. No, but wouldn't that scar you for life? You'd be terrified. But think about it though. Okay, if you're if you're going to buy a gaff with someone like that's it's nearly harder to get out of a mortgage than it is a marriage. Yeah, big time, yeah. But like as you said, the chaos that yeah. that has caused the yeah. parents remortgaging the gaff to buy them out. I know. She probably didn't have the cash to buy him. Anyway. She she didn't, of course she didn't. Good Christ. Horrendous, yeah. So that was a true story. Now thankfully it ended up fine. <laughs> but anything similar? Have you ever wound up with someone and it's all going well and then you realise that, yeah they're in a five year relationship with someone or like maybe you found out that they were your best friend's ex from years ago like is that allowed oh, it'd be a bit awkward though because you'd have stories and I know you can't really so let's say you went out with some guy five years ago yeah and then your friend randomly just hooks up with him and starts dating him I wouldn't care but I just feel more sorry for her <laughs> I would I'd be you know you just feel like I'm disgusted when I look at my past. I really am horrified. Aren't we all? Aren't so it's all? there's no jealousy there. It's more shame you on do, you. You can do so much better. Don't <laughs> do it well, yourself. Maybe he's grown as well. Don't be worried. Mm. Uh, okay. Like I went to school with someone for years. Now I probably shouldn't say too much because anyone could be listening. But for years, and I went out with this guy, and he ended up being an absolute another. You know what? Mm-hmm. But now she's married to him, and I just feel so sorry for her because she's so much better than that. You know? Yeah, yeah. I know people change, but they just People don't. change, Saoirse. They change and they grow. I just feel so bad for her. I'm like, jeez, so much we married Listen, him. listen, we all, we all make our mistakes. We're all idiots. Yeah, we don't marry them. I, you know? they, well, there's enough of them. They have to be married off eventually. Uh, all right, 0876797104. If you have wound up either dating someone or texting someone or you got into a relationship with someone and then you realise that, oh, oh, whoops, oh, good God, um... They already have a family or kids or relationship and are leading a double life or it was your best friend's 
ex from years ago who was a bellend or they were related to you um, please don't say my name just got a message in there uh, but I scored someone on a night out before got texting and we're getting on great then they turned out to be my second cousin oh oh god I guarantee that probably happens more than we realise because this country is so small do you just ignore it Head down and walk on. Think about the amount of people that you've you've scored in your life, just okay. putting their tongue in your mouth. They, one of them has to be closely related to you. Oh yeah, hundred percent. At least one. But right. So if you're with somebody long term, yeah, different surname, the whole lot. Look nothing like you, you know, because a lot of cousins do look similar. <laughs> but these ones don't look like it. Do you stay with them? It's your second cousin. It's not your first cousin, so you can legally marry them in Ireland. No, I don't think you can marry your second cousin. I think you can marry your first cousin. You can't marry your first cousin and not your second cousin. I think you can marry your first cousin. But you're more distant from your second cousin. To something weird. Your second cousin is like your granny's sister's grandchild. Something like that, yeah. That's your second cousin. No, your second cousin your is... Your first cousin will be your parents' brother's child. Yeah. Yeah, like that's first That's first cousin. You've grown up with them. I think second you can marry cousin, your first cousin. Second cousin is like your granny's sister's grandchild. Yeah. You'd never meet them anyway. I think you can marry your first cousin in this country well if you can marry your first cousin then you can absolutely marry your second cousin I don't cousin. think you can marry your second for some Why? reason that's absolute BS no there's some I'm checking that up now we'll have to, we'll have to. can you marry your I'm going to say cousin I remember we looked at this before in Ireland okay let me see I think you definitely think you can marry your cousin there is no legal restriction on marriage of first cousins. You may not marry your grandmother or grandfather. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> what? I wanted to. Oh, uh, no. See, so yeah, there you go. You can marry your first cousin. So you can marry your first cousin and your second cousin. Why do I think there's cousins? something about your second cousin? Maybe I'm getting it mixed up. I think you're getting mixed up. I think you're talking about can you marry your uncle? No. <laughs> no, you can't. Or your aunt. Oh dear! No, right. sure, you're you're more related. I know yeah. to your first cousin than you are your second cousin. That makes no sense. But I'm horrified that you can legally marry your cousin. Do I'm you absolutely know? disgusted by you that. Can, don't worry about it. It's fine. Do it all the time. Who wants to do that? Tight knit community. Uh, Can't keep it in the pants. Keep it in the family. Dear God, <laughs> stop it. That's rotten. Okay, if you've been dating someone, texting someone, scoring someone, riding someone, and um, it turns out that you really shouldn't have been, unbeknownst to you, you didn't really know, but it turns out that they were in a uh, in a re- in a relationship. Maybe they were married, and they didn't tell you. And maybe they didn't tell you. Let us know. You could win yourself a beautiful dildo from playblue.ie oh eight seven six seven nine seven one zero four. Let us know if you've ever been texting someone that you probably shouldn't have been. You're listening to the Room One Hundred Four podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. FM One Hundred Four. Tom Grennan on vocals there. It's Cormac and Saoirse here on Room One Hundred Four with Playblue. You can see what takes your fancy at playblue.ie. You know you want to, and we've got a beautiful vibrator from Playblue to give away. Go f- yourself. yourself. If you want to win that this evening and be bold and be cheeky, you just got to let us know. Were you ever dating someone that you probably shouldn't have been, shouldn't have been dating? And may- maybe it wasn't your fault. Maybe you were seeing someone and then it turns out that oh, oh, they're married. Yeah. Uh, don't read my name out, please. Okay. Many years ago, I was dating two girls. I had a play on in a theater and invited one of them, hoping the other did not know the play was on. It happened she was friends with a cast member. In the middle of the show, I saw her in the audience. Once the show was over, I used the back door and left them both there. I managed to make up a reason a few days later, but never saw the one I invited ever again. So wait, did you stay with the other one then? Did they find out? 
Did you abandon both of them? Did you abandon both of them or are you now married to the one that you didn't invite? And then on the night in question, like when they showed up, you know what I mean? Did they know you were dating both of them? Yeah, because you wouldn't know. Yeah, you wouldn't know. But obviously you could. You had to leave. You couldn't be talking to people afterwards. And they're like, oh, who's this? Mm. And they're like, who's this? They were that, probably, were they, yeah, like, were they both waiting for him afterwards? Oh, God. Awkward. They just had to run away. Bold, like, bold un- Unless boy. they were like both there at the stage going, eh, can you just ask, say, for example, Tom, if, Tom. He's, if he's ready yeah. to come out? Oh, who's Tom? How do you know Tom? There you go. Uh, yeah. I'm. That's my boyfriend. No, that's my boyfriend. <laughs> and then it's a, yeah. Not L- like in many ways, I admire the balls on people who do that, because I, I could never have full blown relationships with two people at the same time. A lot of people do it. I know do a lot well. of people do it, but that's what, like, is there a certain degree of you have to be very organised to do it? You have to be very disciplined. You have to be. I think you have to be able to compartmentalise a lot of things mm. as well. You have to be able to be that person's boyfriend or girlfriend and then another yeah. person like how do you just now maybe if you were forth? kind of working half the week in London or something ah easy then because you have a completely different setting but again if you're doing it here oh if you're doing it here god no like, like every time you go into town you bump into someone you know yeah always every single time yeah so where do you go on, on your you sneaky to, date do you have to just go to hotels near the airport and then you're then you're, you're bird number one is like why, why are we out here Oh, it's just a good deal. You're just having, having. You never go to normal restaurants in the city centre or in your local area. Mm. You go to these hotel restaurants. Yeah, or you're with someone who panics because they don't want to go to very public places. Yeah, let's go. To, nah, let's go cinema in Athlone. Let's go to the cinema in Athlone. If you're being it's taken, it's really to the, nice there. If you're being taken to the cinema in Athlone, or even if you're being taken to the cinema in Ashburn all the time, something's going on. It's a nice cinema, but something's going on. Oh no, I just like this one better. Yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't fall for that, would you? Yeah. And that's actually when it would be good to be late, wouldn't it? You'd have to be late because you wouldn't want to be in the queue with some random person. So you wait till everyone's in sitting down can't see you. That's why I'm late. There you go. Saoirse is just riding seven different lads. Literally, I have them all on top. Yeah. Can't, I can't remember their names, man. Imagine, I'd be so bad at that. I wouldn't you remember would, yeah. their names and I wouldn't know who's yeah. who. It's, it's an organisational nightmare having it, two it people on the go. It did happen to me uh, when I was in Spain. Espanol. Years years ago, I think I was yeah, I was probably seventeen, hmm. and you know you're in a club, and I met one guy. He just happened to be German, and then yeah, he was really hot. Mm. And then I was like, oh, well, I'm going to go to this other club with my friend. Yeah. So we told him like we're going to a house party later. We'll be back. We'll yeah. be back. Don't worry about it. Went to another club. Then I was like, oh god, that guy is really hot. Yeah, I like that guy too. So then he happened to be German as well, and there was two German guys. And then the house party was happening, and the next minute. The two German guys c- came and followed me to the house party uh, and I didn't know any German and they were then speaking amongst themselves and then uh, they copped on uh, that you were playing and the they two were of them. very angry. So I yeah. just kept trying to distract them. I was like, we're a party. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I'm just running, leading the two of on here at the same time. I Woo. couldn't choose. They were gorgeous. The two of them were so just what beautiful. One was blonde, one was dark hair. I just couldn't pick. What happened in the end? Uh, I think I got with the blonde one in the end, yeah. Are you a bitch? Right well, then the dark haired guy came back and stuff, but the other one was just more into me, so I just decided. <laughs> yeah. You know, Poor I'd man. Go with him. And he went, the, the other guy went home on his own. I don't know where he went, yeah. Sad day for the parish. A sad, sad day. 
Alright, okay, if you have any other ones, if you've ever wound up being with someone, and we, don't, we won't have to mention your name, if you want to be kept secret, that's fine, but if you've ever been with someone and then you found out later on, oh, they're married, they're engaged, um, they've got a secret life somewhere else, um, and you probably shouldn't have. Turns out that they're, they're, they're you know, married to your boss, and it was all like really, really awkward. Let us know. 087-6797-104. Win yourself a beautiful toy from playblue.ie, which is an adult an adult-friendly toy shop. You're listening to the Room 104 Podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. FM 104. Cormac and Sir here on Room 104 with Play Blue. You can see what takes your fancy at playblue.ie. You know you want to. I mean, it's very upbeat, happy music for a... I don't want to say miserable Monday, but a dark, overcast Monday and rain is coming. But have you ever made an absolute fool of yourself in public? Um, I do it all the time daily actually. sorry yeah I should rephrase let me your honour let me rephrase when was the last time you made a fool of yourself in public um, it was probably coming into work um, I was waving a Tara Tara Murray yep well, on the she, hit mix yeah on the hit mix uh, on the way into work so about 8 o'clock waving at her driving by um, I was listening to her on air <laughs> So she was in studio, but I was waving frantically at somebody that was not Tara. And I knew it wasn't Tara because Tara wasn't here. Oh, dear. That was embarrassing. That's embarrassing, yeah. I mean, we all do. We all embarrass ourselves in the public quite a lot. But I'd say the last time would have been getting my front bum out yeah, in the gym. In the gym. That's pretty embarrassing. Yeah. And, and since then, this is no word of a lie. I have also noticed another pair of my leggings for the gym had a hole oh the whole time now it was small it was a small hole but I think if you were maybe on a treadmill behind me you'd definitely see me I continued I was like I'm not leaving you got a hammer on through unless it stretches I am not leaving yeah Uh, now something that happened in the Olympics today was a a little bit I mean embarrassing technically not this woman's fault but one of the riders in the Olympic road race they're on the fancy bikes and oh, they cycle yeah. around the place whatever right uh, the, the Dutch cyclist she crossed the finish line and put her hands up to say I have won and started celebrating as you would if you think you've won an Olympic gold medal yeah. for your country mm. got to be the highlight she was like yes delighted but she hadn't won she had in fact come second and it turns out whatever way there was an issue there was a breakdown of communication on the track there was no radios anywhere she didn't know where she was in, in the rankings, she didn't know anyone was in front of her. Yeah. She thought she was in the lead, whatever happened. Um, and she went on a big celebration and then all of a sudden the camera cups back to her after she's been told, sorry, sorry, sorry. It wasn't for you. Sorry, you, sorry, you actually came in second, not first. Heartbreaking. That's embarrassing. Mortifying. And embarrassing, these things happen. So um, that's what happened to her. But when's the last time you've kind of embarrassed yourself in in public? For all to see, let us know. 0876797104. I only realised after speaking to the gym the other day, I, I think I left a load of chewing gum in the pocket of a, of, a, of a pair of pants or whatever and did a wash and then banged on a pair of shorts and re- only realised afterwards that all the back of my shorts were covered in that dried in uh, chewing gum. Yeah. Looked pretty bad. That's pretty bad, yeah. A load of whites to fall over my bum mm. while I'm squatting over in the gym. People are looking at your ass looked you're like squatting. Looked like I had a good time. Oh, yeah. So that looked that was a little bit inappropriate. That was bad and embarrassing. I do it a lot as well when somebody's on the phone and I just happen to be nearby and I think they're talking to me. <laughs> I'm also, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, oh, sorry, yeah. you're not, you weren't talking to me and they're yeah. still on the phone and they're looking at me like, what are you doing? I did Go that, away. Yeah, I did that other thing. Nothing worse when you're at a set of traffic lights. Mm. 
and you want to chance it because none of the cars are going and then you got to take that step out in the road and then the lights go green and you have to do that like, you got to do that awkward like half step jump back onto the path and pretend as if you meant to do it or you walk when it's orange and then it turns red really quickly yeah and then it's going to turn green yeah. for the cars and you yeah. just have to run yeah mortifying have you ever like dropped a load of stuff like dropped a load of shopping or had a bag burst yeah I remember doing a big shopping pennies yeah. and I was coming home underwear the whole lot like luminous underwear so not just like the standard yeah. black bra or whatever oh God, and it no. was lashing rain the bag tore and I mean the clothes went everywhere and then there's people walking by trying to help me pick up oh. my knickers and I was like no it's fine I'll, <laughs> oh, no. I'll just take them it's fine oh, that's embarrassing that is, yeah that's very embarrassing that has happened a few times now I'd say the most embarrassing thing I've done is when we were away away travelling and I had never because it was mammied for far too long I'd never washed my own clothes ever and we were in staying in a hostel and the hostel have their laundry room downstairs somewhere and it was two dollars oh yeah two dollars to put your wash on okay. no it was three dollars to put your wash on alright and I went down and I opened one of the machines and put my clothes in and put all the washing powder in on top of it I was like oh grand this one's two dollars happy days thinking the lads were all like after getting shafted and I was after finding the deal I was mm-hmm. like yeah nailing this adult and stuff left it in there for now hi this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA the future isn't scary not realizing its potential however could be Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Aaron and a half came back. And I opened the thing. And for some reason, my clothes were just really, really warm. Oh, you're such an idiot. Smelling great, yeah. I put them in the tumble dryer. You put the dirty clothes in in the the dryer. dryer. Oh, and someone else was going to put their clean clothes in there after you and it stank. Dirty clothes in on top of the dryer with the the stuff. And I laughed at it. Did you not know? Horrified and laughed at it. Did you not see the water wasn't coming in? No, I just threw them in. all, All those industrial ones looked the same. So I just threw it in and walked away. I was like, this one's only $2. Happy days. I was like, you idiots paying three. Idiots. I'm trying to save money here. Anyway, they smell lovely and they're nice and warm because they had that powder in it anyway. Uh, be honest. Did you not wash them then and just use the extra dry clothes as yeah, clean clothes? I think I did, yeah. <laughs> dry. Oh. Maybe it's a new way. Dry the filth out of your clothes. So basically it got rid of the smell. 
It did, yeah. It was like putting on links or deodorant oh, over you when you don't have time to shower. Oh, it's a musky. Yeah. Well, bit, bit of dryness in it. Anyway, if you've been, um, if you ever pu- publicly mortified yourself uh, recently, let us know. 0876797104. And on the way next, the psychology behind uh, bullshitters and how they might be more intelligent than you. That's going up next here on Room 104. You're listening to the Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Saoirse Long. FM 104. It's Room 104. It's Cormac and Saoirse here. Now, if you consider yourself a proficient bullshitter, are you, in fact, more intelligent than the average person? Might you be at a significant advantage? Well, we're not just talking about that. Very intelligent people from a department of psychology over in the University of Waterloo in Canada have actually asked this question and delved into it a little bit more in detail for you. One of their research projects was titled Bullshit Ability as an Honest Signal of Intelligence. So we had to get this gentleman on, one of the lead researchers on that paper, to talk more about bullshit, what it means for you, what it means for me, what it means for all of us. Delighted to welcome onto the show now this evening, Martin Harry Turpin, sir. How are you? I'm doing quite well. How are you? Yeah, we're doing good, Harry. Uh, Now, can you just define what BS actually is? Uh, so the, there's actually a little bit of debate, surprisingly, once you every normal behavior that people uh, understand in the, in, the, in the real world with like a sort of a casual definition, once you actually take it into the realm of doing research on it, people vehemently disagree mm. about what it specifically means. But what, what the sort of definition that we use is a communication that's intended to be impressive or convincing uh, without necessarily being concerned with the truth. So you can bullshit and say things that are true and you can bullshit and say things that are untrue. But what characterizes is the bullshit in particular is that you don't really care what's true. You have goals other than being truthful um, that sort of motivate the speech or motivate the communication. A fairly good, clear, concise description of what uh, what bullshit is. Can I ask you as well, before we delve into the latest bit of work that you guys did, what um, piqued your interest on studying bullshit? I think uh, bullshit is just one of those really great example uh, examples of humans being humans. It's sort of uh, simultaneously universally disdained, but we do it all the time and we do it for a variety of different reasons. We use it to avoid hurting people's feelings. So if somebody uh, asks you, oh, do you like my sweater that I have? You might say, it's a good color or um, it's, it looks comfortable instead of actually getting right to the point and saying, no, this looks awful on you. Or I don't like that sweater. Uh, you want to spare their feelings. And so you, you kind of bullshit to get around having to answer that question. Um, we use it to advance ourselves in, in various sort of uh, social competition, convince people there are a lot of political bullshit, et cetera. And uh, we use it just for fun. Like uh, I'm sure you bullshit with your friends all the time about random stuff. And uh, we, we engage in something like uh a form of simulated verbal combat with our with our friends in order to get practice at this very normal human way uh, of communicating. And so that sort of unspecialness of bullshit, the fact that it is just you, this ubiquitous behavior, it's so ordinary. Uh, and, and just um, in order to study humans, you really have to be get a sense of that kind of uh, behavior. So it's just like, it's simultaneously this thing that nobody likes, but it's extremely ordinary and everybody engages in some of the time at the very least. And so it's just humanity sort of naked, just like this is what humans do. Um, and I just love that. I love humans and I love uh, understanding the, the weird things we do. I think most people bullshit at one stage or another, but does it make you more intelligent? Uh, so what we find is if somebody is able to do it quite well, that they are, are, are likely quite a bit um, more intelligent. The analogy that I like to think about it or compare it to is with humor. So if somebody is pretty quick-witted and sharp, they are likely fairly smart, but we can also, in, in our daily lives, we know people who 
we understand are completely brilliant, but are absolutely not even the little bit, uh, bit funny. So it's like, if somebody is capable of doing it, they are probably quite sharp and, and good. If someone's not capable of doing it, it doesn't necessarily mean the reverse. It doesn't necessarily mean that they are, are less smart. So it just, it seems to be the case that being a good bullshitter, and good is probably the, the critical word there, because we can probably, we see lots of examples of people attempting bullshitting and failing at various levels. And um, so to get at that really high level where it's, you're going to get most of the stuff past most people's filters, um, you do have to be quite sharp. So it's sort of a prerequisite to sort of the, the artful, really great bullshitting. When you were uh, looking into this late, latest bit of work on the link between, you know, bullshitting abilities and intelligence, like how is there a way to quantify your ability? Like how did you guys measure or what specifically did you look for to determine, aha, he's very good or she's a top notch bullshitter? Uh, a declarative fraction. Oh, and we didn't make up these specific terms. These are part of a uh, a set of items that people use for what's called overclaiming, where if you ask people to say, oh, how much do you know about a particular topic? Um, and they you give them a random word that's not real. It's just a made up word. Um, some people will tend to say, oh, yeah, I know a little bit about uh, declarative fractions. I know something about this made up word that I obviously could not know anything about. And so what we did was we took that set of uh, set of words that included made up terms. And we asked people, you're going to see a bunch of these definitions if you or words rather, if you know the definition, give us the definition. And if you don't know the definition, just do your best to say something that you think will be convincing or satisfying to people. And so we've sort of, we motivate them artificially to do the actual bullshitting so that we can clearly tap into the ability part and, mm. and the, the motivation aspect, whether or not somebody would spontaneously engage in it in the in real life. That's a, an entirely different area that you could approach it. Um, so yeah, we had them make up these explanations for these made up terms. And then we got a bunch of do, uh, people to to read their definitions alongside their fake words and say, how convincing is this? How satisfying is this? Just by uh, like simple ratings. And so we aggregated all that information. And then we got a sense of like all the judges, they thought their explanations for these fake words were good. Um, they would have a pretty high uh, bullshitting ability score is what we called it. So the, the ability to, to produce something that other humans would, would think sounds pretty good, sounds pretty convincing, uh, and sounds accurate in particular. We asked them, I believe, how satisfying an explanation, how accurate it seems, and then we asked them how smart the person seems. So also a subjective notion of how intelligent they seem based on their bullshitting. It's kind of like um, brain training, isn't it? I could, like, I could talk for Ireland, but if I was to talk about this cup in front of me, I wouldn't be able to. Oh, it's at the very least... I, I'm sure there's like, it's a, probably a mix of things. So there are probably there's an individual difference where some people can just jabber on endlessly about any topic once you sort of prompt them to. Um, and some people could get there with a little bit of practice. And so it's, that kind of brings it back to the analogy I mentioned with, with humor, where some people are just naturally funny and quick and smart, and they're able to um, be entertaining without anybody needing to, to push them to do so. And, and in a similar way with the bullshitting, um, you could kind of think it may, maybe it was like a gift of gab, I think is like a common word. People talk about that um, sort of what you're describing, where you could just talk and talk and talk and it doesn't uh, you can actually produce stuff that that's pretty cool and pretty like uh, convincing or um, or nice. And so it's probably something like that feature that explains what we observe with smart people being able to do it well, but uh, not necessarily if someone can't do it, that uh, that they're not so smart. It probably is an additional feature on top of that. That, that smartness where the intelligence serves as sort of a prerequisite to getting really good. Um, so I don't know about the, um, the brain training specifically, but definitely what you mentioned of uh, at the very least 
uh, practicing for bloviating, I guess is another good word for it, where you're just kind of just kind of talking. If you've just tuned in, we're talking about the psychology of bullshit and how it links to your intelligence as well. We're uh, speaking to Martin Harry Turpin, who did some a little bit of interesting research in how do you measure it and what impact it could have on your overall uh, IQ. And just off the back of that as well, Martin, can you you can you improve your bullshitting abilities? That's a very good question. I um, uh, when you get to people who study human behavior, people are, are going to vary uh, on terms of how much most human faculties are trainable. Some people are of the opinion that humans are pretty blank slate sort of uh, agents, and if you give them enough training in everything or in any old thing, they'll get better at it. Uh, and then some people tend to be a little bit more what you'd call nativist, where most of your attention tendencies are going to be fairly inborn. And it, it's sort of like some things you can probably train, some things maybe not. Um, I probably lean towards more of like a nativist kind of thing. I think the sort of people who are naturally good bullshitters, probably it just feels right to them to do it. It probably just feels like, ah, like they didn't really, like the rate at which you have to produce some of these things in like a casual conversation where you can just talk without really thinking about it. It's like, ah, I don't know how much conscious thought really gets in there. Um, it's kind of just like they are just cha- just chatting. But I imagine if you somebody had the targeted goal of, I want to get better at this in particular, like um, I think there have been historical schools of rhetoric. There have been people who want to teach people and, uh, to, te- to speak well or speak convincingly. I, I guess to say that it's absolutely untrainable would mean, oh, everybody who ever uh, studied the, the the training of rhetoric or the development of, of speaking skills is wasting their time. And I don't think I'd be so confident as to say that. But probably there is a significant individual difference where some people mm. just kind of have that gift of gab and some people um, maybe with effort could get a little better. Could actually be something to put on your dating app, experience bullshitter. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. Like that's um, almost certainly... Uh, like a great example, because the goal of dating apps is what you want to be, want to appear charming. Um, you you have a goal other than um, strictly saying truthful things, like, uh, and you're motivated to lie in that case, right? You want to meet like uh, somebody who you could, you might really like, um, and that sort of uh, the intensity at which with you would want to pursue that goal probably leads you to being like, okay, uh, maybe I've uh, like embellished a certain amount of achievements, say. Um, I think the, it's everywhere, I guess, is, is part of what I'm, I'm uh, trying to say there, is that it's in any domain where people are going to be competing with each other and the criteria for success are not going to be perfectly concrete and specific. Like think of weightlifting. Weightlifting, you can either lift a weight or you can't lift a the weight. There's not really a, a way to sort of schmooze your way into a better weightlifting score or like running or, or like the sprinting. Like you can either, you either sprint uh, within a particular time or you don't, but every other domain where humans are wanting to do better um, than one another. And there's room for a subjective evaluation criteria. People will, uh, it's bullshit. It's a, I, I would, and this uh, not, there's not perfect evidence for this. So it's my sort of uh, hypothesis or speculation, maybe. Bullshit will creep in whenever there's that, that subjective element. And dating is a perfect example where there's a lot of subjective uh, evaluation going on. Uh, before we let you go, we appreciate you giving up your time tonight here on F104, by the way. Um, what were some of the, for you personally, some of the most interesting things that you found from, from this and just from studying bullshit in general? Um, the most interesting, I guess um, some of the most fun was experiencing how easy it is to kind of be bullshitted yourself. So we did a study where we, um, a, a previous paper, where we we got a bunch of abstract art and we 
had some art that was computer generated and some that was made by by humans. And we randomly generated pseudo profound sounding titles. And what you find when you're going through these these set of artworks with the titles is like, wow, that sounds pretty good, actually. Like this is a randomly generated nonsense title that's uh, just made to sound sort of profound and, and just pure randomness. Some of the elements of it are going to match this also this uh, randomly generated abstract painting, and it's like wow, that, that just kind of works. Like that is nobody tried to make these two things match, but I'm I'm just falling for it myself right here. Um, so I guess uh, the ubiquity and the no matter how like clever you are, maybe um, finding yourself being able to fall for it or, or finding yourself fall for it in, in ways that it's obviously more fun if the if the ways you fall for bullshit are in like low stakes avenues you don't want to fall for bullshit in such a way that'll get you um killed say uh, uh listen our our entire show is built around bullshit so any excuse we had to get to, to put a bit of academic validity into it we're all over it you're listening to the room 104 podcast with cormac moore and sir shalong fm 104 normally being a little extra can be a bit much but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra and United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.